Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Coming to you from the geeky math department today oh. at .NET Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian from AppVNext uh, sent me this link for Better Know Framework today, and it's so out of the ordinary for what we normally do, but I know that there are going to be listeners out there who are going to salivate over it. Nice. So let's roll the music. Awesome. All right, man. What do you got? I could do some geeky math. You'd like this. Meta math. Hmm. Math about math? Math about math. Math okay. on math on math with programming. US.metamath.org. It's a language that constructs mathematics from scratch. It builds hmm. up all the math starting from ZFC set theory axioms. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> all the way up to quantum logic, which I, I know what it means, but I couldn't explain it to you. And, uh, and they just add more and more to it. So there's over 19,000 proofs in there. And with this language, you can build on what came before with precision. And then on the site, which is, by the way, right out of the 90s, terrible. It's vintage. Um, they catalog all the results there. So here's one. A higher order logic explorer starts with HOL, also called simple type theory, and derives equivalence to ZFC axioms connecting the two approaches. The Hilbert Space Explorer. <laughs> the Quantum Logic Explorer. Metamath Solitaire. A Java applet that demonstrates simple proofs. Built-in axiom systems include ZFC, modal, intuitionistic, and quantum logic. I don't know. Come on. I am not a math guy, but there are math people listening who are now, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Well, you know, the in here is a a uh, a set, a copyright-free collection of math symbols. So if you actually need a math symbol, go here. Oh, that's a good idea. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah. I only want the, I'm only here for the graphics. Right. You can keep your math, but close enough. But isn't that cool? You build on somebody else's math that's in a program, in, a, in code, and then you do your own stuff on top of that so you know, very interesting it is very interesting and it's all just sort of shared at this web page which definitely needs an overhaul yeah but it's cu pretty current i see an update here from february or even april of 2017 so yeah. they're still using it this is not a dead site by any stretch no of no no not a dead site but it just looks it looks like it's, it's right a little, the little, 90s. little dated yeah, yeah. a little could use a little uh, bootstrap but or that's something. What scientists are like that. They just want to see the information and they don't care what color it is. Uh, arguably, that's what the web was originally for. Exactly. All right, man. That's cool. It is cool. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, who's talking to us today, Richard? I uh, grabbed a comment off of show 1401, which we did back in January of 2017 with Tom Kirkov talking about monitoring Azure apps. Yep. And Samir Baluti said, I just wanted to add that using App Insight on the front end is quite easy and very useful too. By just adding a couple of lines of code in JavaScript, App Insight will catch all JavaScript exceptions and report them because we were using, talking about using App Insight on the back end. So yeah. Samir's talking about, you know, you can use it on the front end. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it'll catch all JavaScript exceptions and report them, which is very useful as usually these types of errors affect end users but are not reported to developers because, you know, the web is always broken. Yeah. Uh, what is even more interesting is the possibility to see the map of calls done on the client side. In other words, all the API calls called by JavaScript are logged and the map will show the number of failures as well as any irregular response times to each API. Hmm. So by combining what Tom has covered, which is all the server side instrumentation with this front side, the map blade in the Azure portal will show a complete picture of the application ranging from database calls to any Ajax API calls. We currently use it heavily in a public site and we cannot count the number of errors and issues we have solved just by keeping an eye on some of these metrics and alerts. Wow. That is awesome. That Samir. is awesome. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, glad to hear the uh, Azure portal's helping you because I got a couple of portal guys hanging around mm. today. Yeah. Uh, so Samir, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media. Because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We get all quantum regression with him. <laughs> and I don't even know what that means. But nah, we do my mother told me I go blind if my quantum regress too much. <laughs>
All right, let's bring on our guest today. Uh, Jacob's been here before, Jacob Jedrashek. He's a software engineer at Microsoft where he works on the Azure portal and the Azure mobile app, which we're going to be talking about today. You can find more about him, his apps, and open source projects on his blog, jj09.net. Also today, for the first time, is Michael Flanagan. He's a program manager at Microsoft with a focus and passion for productivity and user experience. Started programming in high school, then joined the Air Force, ultimately landing at Microsoft. Originally from Louisiana, Michael definitely misses the flavor of the South since moving to Seattle. Michael, I don't even... I wasn't even born in the South and I miss it every day. So <laughs> especially the flavor. <laughs> the part about the flavor resonates with me. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you guys? Good, Jacob. You've been on the show before. Um, and uh, Michael, this is your first time, but you guys have some new stuff to talk about in Azure land. Do you not? Absolutely. So uh, we're super excited to uh, to be announcing a build, or I guess probably have announced a build by this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the new Azure mobile app. Uh, it, just imagine the ability to uh, you can monitor your resources uh, when you're on the go. You don't need to be at a machine, and you'll be able to check on notifications, check your status, be able to start, stop your VMs, your web apps, so on and so forth. You That's know, cool. Anything so- that you need just from your pocket. Um, and also one of the other things that's really neat about it is we're integrating the cloud shell so that uh, the power of Bash and uh, hopefully coming soon is PowerShell. Um, you'll be able to have all that power in your pocket wherever you go. Nice. Wow. A portal in your pocket. Because <laughs> yeah. the Office 365 guys, they have a mobile app as well for, for doing like Exchange server provisioning and stuff. It, it's useful to just say, you know, as an admin or as somebody responsible for some services to be able to do something on your phone, at least to respond quickly to a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing is really just making sure that people have confidence that uh, that the apps that they have running in the cloud are they're up. Yeah, and then if they're down, that uh, that you can get uh, understand what the issue is mm-hmm. and be able to resolve that uh, without having to go into the office and, or find a machine somewhere. Right, right. So wow, is this is- a Xamarin app? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, we're using Xamarin Native, um, and which basically just means that we're building the UI. Uh, for each platform that just gives us a little bit more flexibility mm-hmm. and allows us to make it uh, feel a little bit more native uh, per platform. Sure. Uh, uh, but we have a lot of uh, shared code um, that's saving us a bunch of time. That's across, awesome. Uh, across the platforms. Very cool. And you use some of the, the features of uh, uh, Xamarin Test Cloud also? Oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely are utilizing uh, Xamarin Test Cloud, utilizing VSTS, and I was very nice surprised how uh, neatly all of this is working. And like we put up the continuous integration, continuous delivery all together, and it works just beautifully because uh, the, the the real power of the Xamarin Test Cloud is not only like the, the testing aspect, but also the possibility to run your app on different devices, uh, what, what Xamarin Test Cloud is offering you. And also, like, of course, you, you want to have this check that your code is compiling, you can run your unit test, and you can run your uh, UI tests. So I really, really recommend you, if you're building mobile apps, really check out VSTS and, uh, and the test cloud. Did you guys find a lot of variation device to device in how your, your UI is rendered? Usually, I think it's primarily the screen size that's, uh, it's getting, that's, yeah. that causes that. And to be honest, I... I was quite surprised when when we started this. Uh, I was expecting Android to be a lot more varied than it than it actually is. There's still a lot of variation, but uh, but it's not as bad as as it was, you know, five ten years ago. Yeah, it seems like the fragmentation's years. gone down, and I think Xamarin absorbs some of that too. Those guys work really hard to make Android a little smoother for you. Oh, well, like you know, from a from the programming perspective, to be honest, when you are uh, writing Xamarin apps, uh, Xamarin native apps, you basically writing native apps, but in C sharp. Right. We really didn't, uh, struggle with any huge differences. Like there are like some maybe tooling glitches, but 
everything else is like performance wise especially is uh is very very uh similar to what would you get if you run native and like uh, getting back to the devices like especially if you like have uh iphone there is not big problem uh, with android when you start like uh testing on uh, different devices we had a little bit uh, like trying period in the test cloud to find a device that is the most reliable because it wasn't that the app was not reliable but there was like a some weird glitches about some like older devices or like those like some newer api installed on this device on the test cloud that you didn't have within support mm-hmm. but at the end of the day uh it's it's pretty it's pretty smooth and uh, and you know the Android is the much bigger challenge than 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 the iPhone, but it's still uh, it's still not as bad as you you would think when you see that people have like literally thousands of different models of Android devices sure. around the world. And you can almost say that's one of the benefits of Xamarin Test Cloud is just the fact that we have that ability to try it on uh, just about any device, mm-hmm. which we obviously aren't going to buy every device. Sure, <laughs> but it might be fun to try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I love about the Azure portal and a website on a desktop is how, you know, it, it has the uh, navigation panes that expand and, and then shift and move to the right and then go back. You know, a very nice sort of breadcrumb scenario, which is sort of is sort of indicative of, you know, the way Windows apps work on the uh, Windows 8 side, you know. And um, I, I wonder if that really, if you were able to, use that UI metaphor on the mobile device? No, we we tried to stay away from that. Uh, to be honest, we're um, even on the portal side, um, we're, we're, we have uh, some varying uh, bits of feedback there from people that have larger screens to people that have smaller screens. Right. And one of the biggest things that we're doing on the portal um, is one of, there's uh, a big, a handful of, really big bucket things that we're trying to do. But one of the things that we're doing in the portal is we're trying to take more advantage of the screen real estate and just move the screen less. Um, that's especially bad when you're on smaller screen sizes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we definitely didn't want to bring some of those things to the phone. We're trying to be one of our, uh, one of our design principles with the phone app is, is really to be, be authentic. Uh, be authentically Microsoft and is also authentically native for that platform, uh, which I mentioned that earlier. We want the iOS app to feel like an iOS app. We want the Android app to feel like an Android app. And we want the Windows app to feel like a Windows app. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it's, so you've gone with a different UI paradigm than than the, the browser. Yes. Because kind of the easy route here, guys, would have been just to do a version of the of all that the JavaScript and stuff into a mobile app, wouldn't it have been? Oh, my. I mean, it might have been a bit big, but... <laughs> I can't imagine. Did somebody so, try? Yeah, I think when... I think... Uh, no, we definitely didn't start there. And the main reason we didn't start there is because uh, the portal was built uh, with... One of the big things that uh, that kind of drove us to redesign the portal, uh, not just the UI of the portal, but but the architecture behind the scenes of the portal, is more flexibility. Uh, the old portal was one monolithic unit where everybody was kind of committing into the same repo and shipping on a, uh, a normal or standard three-week process. Mm. And uh, with the new portal, we knew we wanted to give teams more flexibility to give them more control to be able to ship on their own cadence. Right now, I think we have something like 89, 90 different extensions. And depending on what you're doing, we load those extensions up at runtime and that pulls a lot of resources. Um, and that's something that we're looking at uh, finding ways to optimize. But that's something we didn't want to start with on the, uh, within the mobile app. Uh, you're in a constrained device. You have a constrained connection. Maybe you don't even have a connection at times. Maybe it's uh, that's fluctuating. Right. And we wanted to start somewhere that didn't have all those moving parts, so we could be quicker, we could be lighter, and just give you uh, a focused experience on exactly what you need. This app is not going to do everything that the portal does. It's not intended to. It's intended to be a companion app uh, and just keep you focused while you're on the go. Yeah, we definitely didn't want to have like another portal in your mobile app. We just wanted to have like the bare like minimum, the, the minimum. There is like, you would see that the in the preview version, 
there's not much features. And this is because we want users to tell us what you guys really want on, on there. And you want to drive the features like that. Because, you know, if you go to the Azure portal now, you know, I don't even know uh, like 10% of the features there. Right. Because there's so many of them, there's so many people working on it. And of course, like people are using them, but this is not necessarily something that you will be using when you're, uh, let's say, stacking traffic or when you're waiting on for your sandwich uh, on for lunch, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, with that said, there is um, one of the opportunities in my mind for, for the mobile app, and this is kind of a, a behind the scenes thing. Uh, the mobile app gives us an opportunity to take kind of a fresh look at some problems and allows us to do a little bit of experimentation and then bring the things that we learn in the mobile app to the portal so that we can uh, just hopefully take all the goodness that we learn out of the mobile app. Hopefully uh, the plan is to, to move a lot faster within the mobile app and then just take anything that we learn, any, any tweaks that we can find to be a little bit faster uh, within the mobile app, we'll try to bring those back into the portal to improve the portal experience as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. What were some of the other challenges that uh, that the mobile constraint gave you guys? Was there anything that just couldn't be done on a single screen? Well, uh, we didn't uh, have like something that we want to do this, and but we couldn't. It was more about like uh, how to approach this problem or whether do we really need that. Mm. So I cannot think about something that uh, really couldn't be done because at the end, you know, the Azure portal is just calling the uh, Azure public APIs, right? So as long as you're authenticated with Active Directory, you can get all the data you have on the portal. Yeah, I understand the back end. I'm talking about the UI constraint, you know, the size of the screen. Was there any constraint that... You meant you couldn't implement a particular feature because there just simply wasn't enough room? Well, we started pretty small uh, with our focus because we wanted to get a solid foundation out there uh, mm-hmm. for build. Since we're not enabling all management experiences, yeah. uh, it's actually pretty simple. So you'll be able to get a list of uh, your resources, obviously, find the right resource, check the status, check metrics. Um, you'll be able to perform some simple actions uh, like starting, stopping, uh, restarting VMs, web apps, so on and so forth. There's, I've got a list, a big list of the individual commands that, uh, that you can perform within the app. Yeah. But you won't find things like managing firewall rules uh, or even managing app settings we don't have yet for, for web apps. We don't have that yet. But those are some things that uh, we definitely see growing into over time. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to get that foundation out there. Yeah. And then... Listen to what to what people are saying about the app, and that's going to be what what drives the features that we add. Yeah, shipping it's important because you don't know how we're going to use this thing. Because I know I'd definitely use it, but we all everybody comes at it a little differently. Yeah. So I noticed that you guys use some plugins, which seem to be Xamarin Forms plugins. Yet you did native UI, and I know from talking to James Montemagno that you can use these two technologies together. What plugins did you use? Well, so uh, three open source things that we are using in the app now is uh, the settings plugin uh, created by James, uh, which which gives us uh, cross-platform access to uh, persistent uh, local storage of uh, on iOS, Android, and Windows. Mm-hmm. We are also using um, FF image loading, which yeah. is also a library that allows us to bring all uh, different resources icons from the portal where we have them in SVG format. And we can just take the SVG string and convert it to the native uh, PNG nice. uh, for all platforms. Yeah, it's it's I like beautiful. I totally love it. And we also use the Oxyplot library for charting. It's Oxyplot, super yeah. simple, super lightweight library. And what, what the beauty about that is once we had iOS working, making it work on Android would, was just literally a few extra lines of code. Nice. That's so awesome. This is the really, uh, you know, power of Xamarin and the, and the shared code here. And uh, a lot of the plugins we found out about from uh, Xamarin chat on Slack channel. 
because there's you know a lot of people are talking there and they're like exchanging uh, you know information about what is coming, what is coming. Because you know Xamarin is still like a pretty bleeding edge. It's it's not as established as uh, native uh, platforms, mm-hmm. uh, but these plugins really boost our productivity. Hey guys, hold that thought right there while we take a few minutes to pay the bills. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by Windows on the Google Cloud Platform. You may not know this, but the Google Cloud Platform supports Windows Server 2008, 2012, and 2016. It also supports SQL Server versions 2012, 2014, and 2016 standard web and enterprise editions with high availability. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine. That's Google's hosted Kubernetes environment. .NET and .NET Core libraries are there for all 200-plus Google.com and cloud services in NuGet, led by John Skeet of Stack Overflow fame. But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps. You get stack driver logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core. PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux. And a great set of partners to bring your Windows and .NET workloads to GCP, including Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.netrocks.com and get your free trial today. You're listening to .NET Rocks with me, Carl Franklin, and Richard Campbell, and uh, Jacob Jedrashek and Michael Flanagan from Microsoft are here talking about the new Azure Mobile Portal, or whatever it's called, the Azure Mobile App. <laughs> yes, that's right. You can manage all of your Azure resources from your phone. And uh, we were just talking about plugins. Oxyplot was the last one. Um, did you find that that was just as simple as everybody thinks it is? I mean, I use these plugins liberally on Xamarin Forms projects, but was it easy just stitching those into a native, a Xamarin native app? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because uh, so you know how it all started. We were looking for some nice charting library. And I asked Frank Kruger, who who created the beautiful uh, apps, and and he uh, like first he told me, oh, I don't use any libraries, I just uh, write charts by myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, damn it, (laughs) Frank, because you know you know he's a he's awesome uh, IDE for iPad, or he he did this Calca thing uh, for iOS. They're great. His charts looks awesome. But then like two hours later, he tweeted me like, oh, you know what? There's this Oxyplot library. Go Uh, check it out. And uh, like literally in an hour, I was able to uh, crank like simple chart. And this is all what we needed because we just display your CPU, your disk read write, your memory usage. Mm. So this is a simple uh, line chart. And then you, you know, we spend like a day or so on like polishing to make it uh, look neat. And it was actually surprisingly easy. I would say it was even easier than using V3. Hmm. And you said something about in the beginning that you're using the Bash shell. Yeah, so we took the cloud shell, which um, I, that was announced uh, on the Azure blog a few months ago, uh, and it's being opened up. Uh, it was opened up at build, I guess, by the time this goes out. Um, and we integrated that within the app. Um, it will be available on iOS first, and then Android and Windows will be coming later. Wow. We just took what was in the portal and integrated that directly within the app. So you can download, edit, whatever, execute all these scripts that uh, you might have already hanging around, just no problem. Do you actually show the? Do you actually show the shell? Well, so basically, we have a separate tab in the app called uh, Cloud Shell, and you can go there. You can use Azure CLI in there so you can say oh. Azure account list it will list your subscription you can use all commands and you can also SSH to your VM so like I was for example able able to do I created a simple uh, I think that was a Node.js VM Linux based on the Azure portal and then from my phone I was able to SSH this VM 
run Vim to edit index.html. And then, so here's the thing. We don't have uh, escape key yet there, and there is no escape key on the iPhone keyboard. Right. So you have to map escape key to something. I I map it to uh, like some cool emoji. So <laughs> if you map this, yeah. you can use Vim to edit file, save it, and then you can basically update your production app using this cloud shell from the mobile app. You know, Richard, now I'm going to have to get a phablet. <laughs> I was just thinking, this might be awesome on an iPad. Right, or a tablet or any kind of small surface or anything. Yeah, something with a little more screen space. But it's just like, I, this might, you guys might have put the portal out of business because this <laughs> sounds like really nice and a little bit lighter and faster. Like there are, I have a 4K 43-inch screen. And the portal's one of the few times where I actually maximize yeah, a right. window. Because you can just fill the screen with stuff. Yep. There's so much to poke around at. It's like I, I've never wanted more screen space. But if we can, if you've got it down to lean and small, hmm, you know, a good tablet might take me a long way. That's the hope. Well, I also like just the idea of experimenting with a few other ways for us to administer this stuff because we're it's not going out of our lives, that's for sure. So being able to to be able to try some different ways to take care of it, it's exciting to me. The UI for your APIs are great, mm -hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, if you are managing your uh, serious production staff, you just want to be able to SSH and see what is really yeah. happening and see this uh, text file, what is really in there. Uh, like in a very emergency situations, hope this will not happen, but you know, if, if so, you can do literally everything from... Uh, from the mobile app at, the, at that point because you can execute any command, basically. Very emergency. That reminds yeah. me, the, the, the t one of the times that term was used was a 747 flying over the Pacific. Hmm. I believe it was a China Eastern's uh, flight. And they, were, they got caught in an updraft in the jet stream and it stalled all four engines on the 747. Wow. And... And while in, a, I think it was an inverted de descent, they put the landing gear down, ripped the landing gear doors off to try and keep the plane from going over speed. In the middle of that, the pilot managed to say to, to the ground, we are very emergency. Hmm. And then they relit all four engines. They flew the rest of the way there, unwilling to put the landing gear up because they were afraid they damaged it, wouldn't be able to put it down again. Mm -hmm. Landed successfully with no injuries, Airplane was a write-off. Wow. They fundamentally damaged the structure of the airplane, saving everyone's life. Wow. Very emergency. Very emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Very emergency, yes. I hope you're not using the console in that kind of emergency. No, yeah. no, but it's just like, when I hear that, I remember that story. It's like, <laughs> when I think very emergency, that's what I think. <laughs> you're a hardware guy. That's, <laughs> that's totally why. it. And when you bend the hardware to save lives, you've done something amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that is really it's just one of those powerful moments. Very emergency. What is, um, I see in the notes here, Xamarin Chat. What is that? Oh, Xamarin Chat is a Slack channel. So if you go to nice. xamarinchat.slack.com, there is like a bunch of folks in there, the open source libraries, uh, authors. Uh, there are like channels for different uh, libraries and you can just ask them question. Hey, I'm just trying to do this thing. Like, can you guys point me out? And it's very, very helpful. Wow. So you guys cool. leaned on that quite a bit when working with this stuff? Oh, yeah. I, we are there pretty often. Awesome. <laughs> we are there pretty often, yep. Awesome. Because, like, you know, like, for example, one time in a, with FF image loading, uh, on, on the, there is a cha channel for that. And, uh, I was chatting with uh, Daniel Luberda, who is top contributor of the library. And we're, for example, we found some bugs in the, in the library. There was a bug with opacity in SVGs. So, uh, I, I said, I, I reported it over the Slack channel asking, like, Hey, Daniel, am, am I doing something wrong? Or like, this, uh, this doesn't work. And then, like, like four or five hours later, he was like, oh, Jacob, sorry for late reply. It's already fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone to the beach. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great. It's great. I totally love it. And uh, these guys over there are, are awesome. But it, it's interesting that they, you know, the guy managing that, uh, that open source project, they've got that window open. They're watching for it. Yeah. So. 
Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, must be that happy time again. You got it. It's time to celebrate yet another reason to ignore your family at the dinner table. I'm sorry, honey. What did you say? I just got a notification that Barry broke the build. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe that was hit a little too close to home. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually time to give away a DevExpress de-experience subscription to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Marcus Bruckner. Congratulations, Marcus. Golf flap for you, sir. And Marcus just won the D-Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of that fan club chosen at random. And of course, we like to ask our guests in every show, uh, let's start with you, Jacob. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? So so last time you guys asked me, I, I said I would want to buy uh, the top-notch Mac, and I did. It was a little bit over 3K. Ah. And then I realized that you, if you have new Mac, it doesn't uh, work very well with uh, like Dell monitors. So huh. I had to get spend another 1K on the 5K monitor. Oh, you oh, had to. It's a shame, isn't it? Had to, yeah. It's just and then you the have 5K. to spend another 130 bucks on cables to connect this monitor <laughs> as records because you need a Thunderbolt cable and Thunderbolt to USB-C converter. And then, of course, you want a keyboard, which is like 100 bucks, and you want this awesome trackpad from Apple, which is 130 bucks. So ramps up to one uh, to 5k ideally almost but now what i would get now is my personal small test cloud of android devices if i could just buy the android devices for 5k because you know test cloud is great but when something breaks there i cannot grab the device and play with it right Hmm. so i would it would be awesome if I would be able to like have just these devices hanging around and I see, oh, like Galaxy S4 is having this issue. I can just grab it and just deploy my app there, play around, fix the bug, boom, done. Interesting. I mean, the real question is uh, um, 5000 bucks, especially when you go down to the older devices. I mean, yeah, you can spend a lot, you know, a grand on an S8 and that sort of thing. But if you could find yourself an S4, it's not worth that much anymore. Mm. You could buy a lot of older devices for five grand. Yeah. Like you could, you could build your own drawer of broken dreams. Yeah, I got one I can sell you <laughs> or two. There you go. <laughs> I've got that MacBook Pro that came out, you know, in the 2000s that has been now circulated through every kid. Yeah, you know made I mean? all the way down to not even the dog wants it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really big. It's huge. It's got like a, a 17, 19-inch screen. I don't know. It's huge. Yeah. I uh, I did pass along an old Nexus 5. I cleaned it up and, and you know, blew it blew it clear and, and, and passed it on to a nice kid who needed a phone. So, you know, you do get to repurpose that old hardware once in a while. All right, Michael, what would you spend $5,000 on? All right, so I have a very serious problem to solve that I think uh, $5,000 may not cut it, but we'll see. So You need a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> you're close. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, my wife got in a car accident. Uh, somebody ran into her, so our car got totaled recently. Oh. She's all right. Everything's great there. That's not the problem. <laughs> but I want to get a Tesla. Yeah, I was the right. Tesla fit, the Tesla <laughs> won't fit in the garage. Oh. So I would take this $5,000 so that I could extend my garage oh. so that I can fit a Tesla. That is cool. 
Interesting. <laughs> that is a very serious problem you have there. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, we were looking at my garage, seeing if I could get a Tesla into it as well. I was telling my friend, like, I think I could probably get a Tesla in there, but I couldn't open the door when I was done. He goes, you know, it does self-park. You don't need to be able to get in out of it in the garage. Well, it has to physically <laughs> fit. Yeah, as long as you get it, fold the mirrors in, yep. get it to fit in there, and then you let it pull itself out when you want to get in. And out. This is ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, five grand's not gonna cut it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, they're they're not inexpensive machines, I, and I hope this Model Three goes well. You know, they, they, this is the 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 less expensive one that should be really out in the next few months. Uh, I hope it goes well. I, I wish them all the best because bringing electric cars into the world, not a bad thing. And you know what? You know, we always pick on Elon Musk for being a little wacky, but <laughs> he's not. He's like one of the only ones, innovators in this auto industry, not promising a flying car in 2020. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He stayed away from that so far. Although he's apparently drilling tunnels under LA. Uh, for a Hyperloop? No, that's another thing. No, no, he's now talking about building a uh, a highway underneath L.A. So I, oh, I, wow. uh, there was a new TED video. You, every time often you think Elon's just you know really smart and making things happen, he he has a conversation on in public where you're like, really? Well, maybe he'll make it come true. It's, he's been right a lot. Right. All right, we I think we've talked a fair bit about the app. Can we dive into a bit more of your your pipeline and your management infrastructure for the app? Like, had, have you have you done the whole DevOps thing with this app? Oh yeah, we are automated from from the very very beginning till the very very end. So uh, we host our code in VSTS, mm -hmm. and then we have our build pipeline set up there. And what is beautiful about the VSTS? Because in VSTS, you can add these uh, tasks that do different things like uh, get sources, you uh, get restore, build, run tests, so on and so forth. If there is something missing, you can always write shell script or batch script or PowerShell script. So you can do, you can do basically everything. So we solve all the problems that we couldn't find tasks for with uh, writing our custom scripts. Mm. And then from there, once our tests run, we, of course, submit them to Test Cloud. Uh, everything is green. And at the end, we deploy to Hockey App and we distribute our uh, alpha version, which is uh, only for us, for team here. So we can see uh, what is the current state. And then uh, every week or maybe uh, more often, we merge our uh, alpha branch to our master branch and we distribute uh, our beta version of the app. And then we also have uh, in a hockey app set up the uh, build definitions for uh, creating the deployments for App Store and Google Play as well. Nice. Uh, because uh, then you need to do like some additional additional tasks and you can upload the build to the storage because at the end with uh, App Store, you have to use their application loader. You cannot fully automate this. Right. You need the application loader, you need to upload the file, then you need to go to iTunes Connect, you need to click the trigger. So this is the continuous delivery in uh, the Apple way, uh, but you just have to leave, leave with that. Right. Well, isn't it interesting that the idea of building a fully automated delivery pipeline to all the app stores is maybe still just a bit out of reach? Mm. You can do it all the way to Google Play Store. Nice. It, it, it's just you cannot do it with, uh, with App Store. Maybe someday. Yeah. Mm. I hate to even ask this, but did you build a Windows Phone version? So we looked at the data, and obviously, uh, since we're focused on mobility, mm -hmm. iOS and Android is where we're going to get the biggest uh, biggest impact in, in uh, Azure customers' lives. Yeah. So we definitely focused on that. Um, but we are working on Windows. Uh, it's currently in progress. It will probably land a little bit after build, but, uh, but it's in progress. It's coming. But as a UWP then? Yes. That's cool. And you're going to open source the whole thing so we can see how you did it, right? That's that's what uh, that's what I'd like to do. Oh, you're uh, really going wow, to? I was awesome. just teasing because it's like this is an awful lot of how Azure works going to be in this app. Well, actually, all we're doing is going against Azure Resource Manager APIs, so everything is is out in the open. Right. Wow. Uh, uh, so, yeah. At the end of the day, it's just another UI app. Yep. Yeah, heck, you could help teach us. All, all you have to do is just authenticate with Active Directory. Right. Then call Azure APIs. This nice. is all you have to do. At the end of the day, you know, it's 
not that easy because there is like variety of different uh, Active Directory types of accounts. You need to handle tenants, different subscriptions, all this stuff. It's doable. But if you want to capture like every user, this is a little bit hard. So right. we're just doing this for you. But basically, no special secrets. Yeah, and I love that it's not that the, the, I could use as an example of how I would maybe automate some of my tasks in in, in an app to to the cloud as well. That excites me. Yeah. So you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So Definitely. we're going to see it. Is it going to be on GitHub? So we haven't worked out the details of uh, how we're going to do open source. We wanted to focus on at least getting something yeah. out first. Um, we'll we'll probably talk more about that uh, closer to GA. No problem. Yeah, we, cool. We'll, we'll make another show. I suspect. Yeah. Absolutely. But if you really want that, go to our aka.ms slash Azure Mobile App Feedback and vote for it. <laughs> if this will make it to the top, then we will probably not have a choice. Oh, cool. Because as you, as you know, like we do the same with Azure Portal, uh, aka.ms slash Azure Portal Feedback. Uh, the ideas that are on top, all of them are either in progress or will be in progress very soon. I think top three are always started. So that's how we plan our work. So just, you know, vote uh, for whatever you you want and you will uh, you will get it. Wow, cool. So yeah, open, open just install it. Where are we going to be getting this app from? So you'll get it from the, uh, the Apple App Store. You'll get it from Google Play um, and it'll be in the Microsoft Store once that one's available. Awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that you're plan to open it up because I think um, more people want to see source code and implementation for architectural purposes, not necessarily for implementation details, but you know, how, how, how did you uh, structure your code? How did you, you know, group things together, that kind of thing. I think that, you know, the more we can see these apps in the real world and how they're laid out, the, the better developers we are. Yeah, t- totally agree. I, you know, I always like to either share my code or see other people's code because, like, then I'm looking like, oh, that's how you do it. Mm, oh, it's yeah. so cool. Or, like, somebody can tell you, like, oh, you know, there's, like, a better way. And, and this is, you know, this is always only only beneficial. And and then it makes you just write good code because you know that everybody will see it. So <laughs> we need to figure out uh, before we open sources things like... Uh, just what is our internal contribution model? Because uh, so we're on the Azure Portal Framework team, uh, but I think I mentioned before that there are 89, 90 some odd extensions that sit on top of the Portal Framework. Um, so this app is not a framework; it's something that we're building on behalf of all those teams. Um, but we need to work out what are the con- what's the contribution model so that they can uh, come in and add value for their specific services. Um, when we don't have the bandwidth to, to kind of focus on those experiences. But we want to make sure that uh, that uh, your favorite Azure service still gets the love that it needs, even if it's not the, you know, the most used service. Sure, yeah. You know, that's the, the, this is the nature of software as it evolves, right? Is Everybody's going to go off into their various corners of how, what they do on Azure. And what, last time I looked, it was 600 different products. So I suspect your experience will vary from mine. And uh, you, we're going to make a lot of demands on an app like this. Trying, yep. trying to find exactly. what to do. Great that we could contribute to it, that we could actually come up with a solution and be part of, part of uh, that overall uh, answer, too. Instead yep. of just Absolutely. Doing our own. Uh, how did the hockey app hold up for you guys? I mean, I love it for the beta distribution or really the alpha distribution, but do you find you're using the crash reporting a lot? Did you have those kinds of issues? Yeah, we're using both uh, crash reporting and we also use hockey app for logging. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we what we do is we are logging to hockey app, but uh, you cannot really see much from hockey app, but then you can create a bridge app to app insights and uh, pipe your data to App Insights, and then you can see all your data from the Azure portal. Mm. Then you can take this data, and what Michael did, he put up the Power BI dashboard from this data. Wow. So you can uh, go all the way from the app to Power BI using Azure, using Hockey App. You don't need another third-party solution. Wow. Well, and I thought there was a time when they were talking about shutting down Hockey App and App Insights was going to do everything, but it looks like they're working and playing well together these days. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the, the evolution of that has gone. Uh, I think App Insights actually shut down uh, mobile app support 
that um, that moved over to Hockey App, and then Hockey App added this integration with App Insights. Or actually, App Insights added this integration from Hockey App to be able to import data, um, which has been amazing. Like if you haven't seen App Insights analytics, you need to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the visualization is beautiful, but be able to have Hockey App data just part of that. That's you know, yeah. this is this is about building a great console for knowing what the heck your software is doing. Yeah, and we use that same, uh, the underpinnings of uh, App Insights Analytics, we use that in the portal to, to understand um, usage, and we're also using that within the mobile app. Um, and Jakob, um, so we're talking about, uh, about Hockey App. We're really excited to see some of the advancements that are coming with Mobile Center. Um, and I think that... Since that being the next evolution of Hockey App and Test Cloud, and you know all these all these different pieces to uh, to kind of um, uh, take us to the next level for uh, for the mobile app and monitoring and the crash reports and whatnot. I'm really excited to see uh, to see some of that stuff come together because there's a lot of things that Hockey App just kind of leaves us a little bit wanting for, um, and Mobile Center has a lot of promise, and so we're excited about that one too. Yeah, I feel like we're getting organized on that whole well, how the mobile stuff lives in the cloud and how we're going to, you know, instrument and, and monitor and, and deploy. So it's cool to see all that coming together. Yeah, absolutely. But not done yet. But done is a funny concept, right. isn't it? Yes. What will it take to get done? I mean, do you have uh, an endless list of, of features that you want to add or are you going to pretty much try to keep it light? I never stop dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so we're basically looking at so after build we haven't done our planning after build, but uh, that's my next big thing is to to try to figure out what is our plan over the next year. Mm. Uh, but uh, we definitely have a lot of polished stuff that we that we want to do. Um, uh, but um, the bigger some of the bigger things is we still need integrate billing, still need integrate support. Um, we want to bring things that are going to help you understand problems better into the app, uh, like resource health, Azure Advisor is going to give you recommendations. Um, we haven't done push notifications yet, but that's we're on the cusp of being able to deliver that. Nice. And I think that's going to be a very big win for people, awesome. uh, just so that then you can be notified. You don't have to go check. Yeah, that, that, makes, an, that makes it an application that simply present on my phone all the time something that's going to let me know when that i need to take a look exactly and even even the uh, one another advantage of that is you can just have the app on your desktop and you don't have to have the portal open and right. something will pop up you you can open up the portal if you need to do larger management jobs but at least you get that notification right there without having the portal running awesome yeah i know you start to think about how we're going to be tied to this long term and right. and you know what the what the new form factors, new devices looks like, so that we can stay connected to our clouds, as as I guess as administrators more than anything, just as people who need to have be connected to their to the state of their cloud applications all the time. Is there going to be a Hololens version? <laughs> Is that you were going <laughs> to? Huh? I love it. It may or may not have been discussed. <laughs> two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty. One one could speculate. One might spec because you know I would really love to. Uh, you know, get me some graphs and charts just by tapping my fingers together. That would there really make me happy. <laughs> well, you do that whole, you know, fridge. all I have is a 43-inch screen to look at the Azure portal, but if I had HoloLeds, it's my whole world. Uh, Honey, what's this pie chart doing on the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Where else are you going to put a pie chart? Nice. And pie chart on the fridge, really? Okay. Yeah. That's what I said. You're going to go there. Yeah. Oh, I'm I love not afraid. It. Bring it on. Nice. <laughs> well, guys, I'm I'm stoked. This is such good news, really, yes. and very interesting software. Awesome. A great a great Xamarin example. Yep. Yeah, Xamarin has Xamarin's definitely been awesome. I've even been able to. So it's been a while since I've uh, done any real hardcore dev, but I've been able to commit more code than I think uh, the team would like me to have committed. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> may not be the best use of your time, but okay. <laughs> All right, guys, any last minute things you want to throw in there before we jump off? Well, so, uh, yeah, we just would like to have as many people uh, to try this app. We're waiting for your feedback. Uh, again, aka.ms slash Azure Mobile App Feedback. Uh, send us tweet. Uh, we have Twitter at 
Azure app. And you can, you can also tweet us at Azure portal. And we are really waiting for your feedback, for your suggestions, what you really, what you really need. And you will also get the pop up asking, how do you like this app? And uh, it would be great if you give us something below 10, leave a comment. I promise we're going to read it and we're going to act on it. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. One of the things that I would really like to to hear is just how are people using this thing in the real world? Like, uh, should tweet at us. uh, uh, I'm at Flanagan on Twitter, but like JJ said, uh, Azure Portal, Azure App, we're listening. Uh, But let us know how has the app saved you? Uh, those some of those stories and just understanding uh, how it's helping you yeah. and ways that we can help you better is just going to help us improve it and, and make it more useful for you because that's what we're here for. Awesome. Hashtag very emergency. Totally. <laughs> very emergency. Very emergency. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Great to talking to you. You too. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.